What's new, Pussycat? Whoa, 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 whoa. What's new, Pussycat? Whoa, 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 whoa. Pussycat, Pussycat, I've got flowers and lots of hours to spend with you. So go and bother your cute little Pussycat nose. Pussycat, Pussycat, I love you. Yes, I do. You and your Pussycat nose. What's new, Pussycat? Whoa, 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 whoa. What's new, Pussycat? Whoa. Hello and welcome back to Chris and Reggie's Cosmic Treadmill, episode number 147, where we go back to the uh, the old Patreon After Dark archives to share a formerly exclusive episode with uh, you know, the wider audience here on the main feed. You can find this program for the next three Sundays here at chrisandreggie.podbean.com, chrisandreggie.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, all those places that you hear noise. You'll be able to hear this as well. Now this, just like last week's episode, comes with a little bit of a warning. Um, we're going to be discussing Omaha the Cat Dancer, which is uh, another one of them spicy books, uh, much like Cherry Pop Tart last week. So uh, listener discretion will be uh, strongly advised for this episode, uh, especially if you're not wearing earbuds. Um, you're probably going to want to wear earbuds if you listen to this in public, unless you're uh, unless you're hanging around with uh, you know, people who won't mind uh, listening to, uh, well, Let's talk about cats doing some stuff. After this episode, we've got two more of the uh, the After Dark episodes to come. And then in three weeks' time will be the final episode of the Cosmic Treadmill, episode number 150. And uh, that's going to be a uh, celebration of the show. I'm inviting a whole bunch of people on to uh, just share their memories about the show. And uh, I suppose in announcing that here, I'm also inviting anyone listening, anyone who wants to give their... Give their parting, you know, words to the uh, Cosmic Treadmill Project uh, are more than welcome to uh, take part. Just reach out to me uh, at Ace Comics on Twitter or WeirdComicsHistory at gmail.com and we'll get it all set up. I think that's all I've got for an intro this week. Uh, Just one more time, listener discretion is strongly, strongly advised. I hope you enjoy the show. to Chris and Reggie's Cosmic Treadmill After Dark, episode number two, where we go to the back, back of the, of the store, store and read the comic books that you probably shouldn't be reading. No. Uh, we want to thank all of our patrons uh, that make this show possible. This is the second of our dirty Cosmic Treadmills, uh, which won't all be 
won't all be dirty. Don't worry, Chris. Yeah. We'll, we'll, do, we'll do some cleaner okay, material. <laughs> uh, but what do we got this week, Chris? We've got Omaha, the Cat Dancer, number one. Has an October 1986 cover date by Reed Waller. Has a cover price of 250 USD, 350 Canadian. Published by Kitchen Sink Press. Ah, we're going to be talking about dancing cats, or at least one. That's Uh, right. (laughs) But first, let's meet Reed Waller. He was born August 3rd, 1949, and in April 1976, he and fellow Minneapolis resident Ken Fletcher founded Vooty. There's a fanzine intended to promote funny animal comics. He began developing the concept for Omaha the Cat Dancer after one of the magazine's contributors said that there was not enough sex in the genre. (laughs) So, uh... Clearly someone 30 or 40 years ahead of their time, right? I mean, who, who, who was this person? This person clearly deserves a credit as well. We need to find that out. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> he, he, this should be a uh, That Guy Presents Omaha the Cat Dancer. And that man went on to create Pokemon. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> now, inspired by Robert Crumb's Fritz the Cat, Reed came up with the idea of an exotic dancer in an anthropomorphic feline world. This would, of course, be Omaha the Cat Dancer. He was also inspired by strip clubs in the St. Louis area, which were then undergoing police crackdown on grounds of of decency. So the character debuted in The Adventures of Omaha, a story that appeared in Vooty No. 8 in 1978. Uh, The first chapter of Omaha, The Cat Dancer, was published by Kitchen Sink Press in the book Bizarre Sex No. 9 in 1981. A five-page untitled story appeared in Bizarre Sex No. 10 in the following year. That followed up that first chapter. Then in 1983, a one-page parody strip starring Omaha titled Hotz's Twonkies was published in E-Man No. 5 by First Comics. And then another five-page untitled story appeared in Dope Comics No. 5, January 1984. I'm going to guess that was probably Kitchen Sink also, although I don't have it here. Uh, Then Steel Dragon Press... Produced two issues of Omaha the Cat Dancer in 1984, both consisting of new material written and drawn entirely by Reed Waller. So already collecting Omaha the Cat Dancer is a huge pain, right? You oh, know yeah. I mean? like, Big undertaking. we yeah. got to scra- scrape and scrounge wherever you can find it. Then Steel Dragon went out of business, which was not uncommon in that exact year right there. It seemed sure. to be a, a big culling year, right, for a lot of uh, distributors <laughs> and publishers. Absolutely. 84. It seems like 84, then 89. It was like uh, no one was the second go down. It was yeah. the second. Then there was like almost no one left standing after that. Uh, in 1986, Kitchen Sink Press picked up the series and kicked it off by reprinting issue number one from Steel Dragon, which is the version that we're going to read right now tonight. Yeah, so Omaha the Cat Dancer number one, 1986 cover year. Uh, now the cover's title is Omaha the Cat Dancer, the funny animal novel by Reed Waller. It's listed, of course, for adults only, and uh, only the most cracked out of adults, perhaps. <laughs> uh, now, the image Asserted depicts... a special adult only. Yes, a special say. adult. That's a better way to put it. <laughs> uh, now, the image depicts two anthropomorphic cats sharing an intimate dinner, and they're also playing a little bit of footsie. Uh, it looks like the tabby cat's playing a little more than footsie, if you know what I mean. There, he's going a little, going a little high with his foot. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna try getting through this thing without making any pussy jokes. So stay, stay vigilant. Mm. Uh, <laughs> All, right. All right, no promises, but we'll yeah. try. Uh, now, inside cover is an ad for a picture disc record of Omaha the Cat Dancer. So yeah, music. Uh, <laughs> it really contains songs by the Shakers. This is a record containing Reed, his girlfriend Kate Worley, and a band called the Shakers. Making music. 
And uh, as you might imagine, YouTube has this record uploaded, and here's a snippet. some Omaha the Cat Dancer t-shirts to uh, let all your neighbors know. Yeah, that <laughs> I read Omaha. The... <laughs> not not to trick or treat at my house. I have a feeling that those are the ads and the offers are now defunct, so uh, don't worry. Don't worry about it too much. <laughs> uh, Jeff tells a story about this on his website. He says, Kate and I were performing music together as a duo years before I turned the Omaha writing chores over to her. We belonged to MinSTF, the Minnesota Science Fiction Society, which was very active musically. We both played guitar and sang, and we performed both folk and classical pop standards, as well as original tunes by us and our friends. We played at club parties and gatherings, as well as cons, and contributed to the work of others, like songwriter Nate Bucklin. In 1988, when our publisher, Dennis Kitchen, got access to a picture disc manufacturer, he asked us if we'd like to do an Omaha picture disc. So we got a band together with Nick Buckland on bass, Alan Standish, who I'd worked with since we were in high school, on drums, and David Emerson on keyboards, drawing on the catalog of songs by our friends like Bob Berliane and Kathy Rootsleaf, Sandy Andana and Howard Ashby Kranz, and writing a few of our own, we filled out an album and produced it at Creation Audio in Minneapolis. After the release of the picture disc, the Shakers continued to perform locally for some time, as did Kate and I as a duo. Hmm. We hop into the first page, and it catches us up on the story so far. Omaha is the stage name of a beautiful exotic dancer who works at the Kitty Corner Club in Mipple City and lives there with her lover, Chuck. New blue laws were enacted, and uh, all the strip clubs in town are closed down. And so Omaha is out of work. You know that uh, that Kitty Corner Club that's uh, all K's. Yeah, probably, I was gonna say something about that. Probably not the best idea. You know, don't not ever, a good look. Don't ever truncate the name for for business card purposes, folks. No, no, that's not a good look. <laughs> uh, now Omaha's friend Shelley, who's also a dancer, brings her to a secret sub basement of Charlie's Restaurant. Both restaurant and basement are owned by the mad tycoon Charles Tabby. He wants to open an undercover bistro for the political elite where anything goes, and he wants Omaha to dance for its grand opening, and she will be paid a high fee to do so. So then Chuck discovers that Shelley, who is secretly Tabby's mistress, or Tabby's mistress, has recruited all the city's most expensive call girls for the opening. 
To Chuck's surprise, the list includes his ex-lover Joanne, also receptionist and personal secretary to Andre Duroc. He's an ad executive, Chuck's employer, and arch rival to Tabby. Are you keeping notes, folks? <laughs> the opening occurs in Omaha dances, but Duroc has done some sabotage, placing an exotic chemical in the liquor. Soon, the drug takes effect, and a crowd of senators and officials become a violent mob, ultimately rushing the stage. Omaha, Chuck, and Shelley escape through a back exit to the street, but a gunman hired to assassinate Tabby commits a double error. Mistaking Chuck for Tabby, he aims at him, but accidentally guns down Shelley instead. <laughs> Oh, this guy's a really bad assassin. This guy, worst hitman uh, ever. Yeah, yeah uh, Shelly instructs Omaha and Chuck to find Joanne. Okay, now leaving Shelly for dead, the couple drive to Joanne's suburban house. Chuck reveals to Omaha that he is Charles Tabby's son. They're pursued by the gunman who tries to run them off a cliff. This attempt backfires, and the gangster plunges to his death. At the house, they find Tabby naked on the couch with Joanne. He is manic and babbles megalomaniacal fantasies at them. <laughs> megalomaniacal fantasies at them. That's the word. Uh, they get back in the car and they flee down the highway to San, for San Francisco, leaving everything behind, unsure even of their relationship. And there's some contact info after this. A uh, P.O. box for Omaha the Cat Dancer and an address for catalogs from Kitchen Sink Press, both of which we're betting everything we have that they're they're defunct, right? Yeah, you can still, you know, we'll, we'll put a link in the notes. You can find Kitchen Sink's catalog online now, so yes. do that. Now, the first page here is a splash, a nice splash of the Golden Gate Bridge. Omaha and Chuck are on the Oakland side, and their car is on the Fritz. Uh, not, not that Fritz. No, that's right. <laughs> Omaha, narrating through caption, thinks, Doing... After three days of nights and driving, the Golden Gate Bridge was in sight, and the car just quit. I wanted to cry. We were getting away all our nightmares, just to have another begin. And she says, maybe it's the battery cables. Chuck is under the car's hood, checking things out. Now remember, in everything we say, these are anthropomorphic cats we're talking about. It's true. And uh, Chuck goes, No, I checked these fuckers over till I was blue in the face. And the lights work. Could just be the starter switch. What do we do now? Ask me, I think we're dead. We'll have to hitch a ride in the town. Then what? You know, that's the big shortcoming of this whole excursion. We drive out to San Francisco in the dead of night, but when do we, did we ever ask, then what? Spit no. But we're almost there, Lollipop. Big deal. What's there for us? We got no friends. We're nearly broke. Please, Chuck. I'm sorry. I guess it's just my turn to be discouraged. We're both tired. Omaha sticks out her thumb, and in short order, a motorist slows down for them. Looks like a big black Cadillac or a Lincoln Town Car. Omaha worries that it might be Tabby or Duroc or whatever, uh, but Chuck thinks that that's unlikely that they followed them all the way out here. It looks like a couple of anthropomorphic dogs of the wealthy variety. Uh, the woman <laughs> looks like a greyhound. He might be a boxer or a pit bull of some kind. Kind of has a typical, like, Disney dog face is the yes. look of him, yeah. <laughs> the woman, uh, we're going to call her Sasha because that's her name, goes, Say, you need a lift? And Chuck goes, uh. And then the two hop in the back of the car. Ain't those Minnesota plates? You kids on vacation or what? Oh, you know, things got kind of slow. Thought we'd make a new start somewhere else. And then the fellow part of the duo says, Well, California's a swell place for that. What do you do? 
I'm a commercial artist, and she's an exotic dancer. No kidding. Dancer, eh? Listen, me and Sasha here run Beauty Unlimited. That's a model agency in town. Why don't you come see us? Sasha leans into the, uh, into the back seat and looks into Omaha's eyes. Yeah, we're always looking. You're so very pretty. I'm sure we can get you some nice work. Uh, sure. <laughs> Chuck and Omaha get dropped off at a mechanics and are about to bid their goodbyes. Wait a minute. You two really are in trouble, aren't you? I could put this on my AAA. But... I'll tell you why. Because if you dance anything like you look, you could be a gold mine. Frankly, even if you dance like crap, you're still worth a bundle. And I don't want her saying, Al, if you'd help them out, she'd be working for us now. So level with me. You guys are broke and have no place to stay, right? Yeah, uh, right. We know a place. We can put you up till you get on your feet. Chuck ain't quite buying this offer, but Al is so persuasive that he goes along with it. Al heads over to a payphone and makes a discreet phone call. Heads over to a what now, Chris? Th those boxes that have those things, those machines that huh. you, you that, that that old people talk uh, into. Those are candy dispensers. Oh, so uh, <laughs> uh, Al whispers, "This is Al Bing Bingo. They're here, stalled on the highway. Yeah, we'll just put him at JF. She never uses that place. I know. We'll get that taken care of." Meanwhile, Omaha and Chuck have a moment to themselves. I don't believe this royal treatment. After three days on the road, I not only look like an unmade bed, I probably smell like one, too. I call dibs on not smelling her bed. I want to go near her bed now. No, no, no. Chuck goes, Omaha, you and an unmade bed are an unbeatable combination. Can't you be serious for a few seconds? I've been serious for three days, and it hasn't gotten us anywhere. Well, then you can at least keep your mouth shut. Al heads over to the car and has a conversation with Sasha through the passenger window. JF has quit. Put him with Tabby. What now? Depends on whether JF comes back here. What are the orders if that happens? If that happens, there are very special orders. Do you mind sharing any of these orders? That's like the least informative conversation I've ever seen in my yeah. life. You know? It's like they're orders. Are they orders? Uh, yes, they're orders. Oh, they're we'll orders. find out. What else? <laughs> now, later at the crash pad, which looks like a pretty nice apartment with a balcony, but Chuck is still a little suspicious of it. Something about this place. I don't know. Lollipop? And Al says, you can get settled in, and tomorrow I'll take you over to Jinx's. Al and Sasha prepare to take off, and Al turns to Omaha and says, You sure you want to go to work so soon after your trip? Yeah, I don't know if I can't do it otherwise. Well, I don't know what you mean, but if you say so, Sasha's got stuff that'll fit you, and they'll do the music, so just dance. This has got to be the easiest dance audition in history, huh? It's really just on her looks, you know what I mean? If yeah. dances, What if she dances half as good as she looks? Can she get hired still? Yeah, I know. Uh, now Chuck is still leery of this apartment. Lollipop? Can't say it. I know I've never been here before, but still... So Sasha and I'll leave, and after giving Omaha a couple of bucks for dinner, as Chuck and Omaha sit back before a luxurious fireplace, they both reveal their misgivings. I don't like this setup. That's it. Setup. That's what it is. You know, look, I I've got to have something to wear. Get me those jeans from the trunk, and then find a drugstore and get me a needle and thread. What are you going to do with them? I'm going to work up some kind of top from this robe. It's as if they were waiting for us to show up here. But who? 
Are you going with Al to Jinx's tomorrow? Sure. What choice do I have? Chuck opens the front door and prepares to leave. Here, take the key. Now you keep it. I'll knock three times, then two. When Chuck leaves, Omaha leans sadly against the door. It's very, very dramatic. Hurry back. Did any of that conversation seem weird to you? Yeah. Like, like, like out of order? <laughs> yeah, like, like, like they, they were talking about one thing and they went back to something they had talked about before. And who the heck is Jinx? What is that about? Is, is that a? I thought that was a place. Is it a person? I don't too? know what that is. I have no idea what's going on. What is that about? Jinx is involved. All right. Uh, so with Chuck gone, Omaha sort of writhes on the couch for a while. And it's, <laughs> it's nothing sexual. She just kind of converts in different agonized poses while thinking about the events of the last few days. Oh, boy. Uh, then there's a noise at the door, and it's unlocked. Chuck, you are not Chuck. You have a key. Omaha hides behind the corner as the intruder enters through the front door. And it turns out to be Joanne. Mm. And she's a humanoid bird with a perm, basically. Joanne! Well, fancy that! What are you doing here? Why, I live here, sweetheart, when I'm in town. How about you? And here I thought I was going to have to chase all over town for you two. But why? I have a little something here from your father-in-law. Charlie? But he's not... Five thousand dollars! Your allowance money. Uh, but before you get too excited, you still have to pay for your own lunches, so... Nabbit. <laughs> Charlie wants to know that there will be an equal amount each month in this P.O. box until the whole thing blows over. What thing? We, at this point, we'd love, love, love to know, too. What right? is going on? I have no idea. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, it seems that there seems that there is to be a grand jury investigation into L'Affaires de Charlie, and he would like you two potential witnesses kept away from A, sight-up jury, B, police, C, mayhem by Agent Andre Duroc. Duroc? He had us set up here. I guess so, honey. He knows I have this place. What he's keeping you for, I don't know. But he's going to be mighty upset when he realizes I've flown down here. Huh? Why? I have some film he'd very much like returned of last Saturday's entertainment. Why do I feel like we're listening on someone's private conversation here? Like, and not all of it. I'm going to be getting all of it. Like I have no, <laughs> I really have no idea what, the, what these people are talking about. <laughs> but now there's that special knock at the door, and yes. Chuck has returned. I got the Joanne. Hello, Chuck. I brought you a present. <laughs> Joanne tells Omaha and Chuck to settle in and relax, have a shower, so the two of them take one together. Of course they do. Of course. And then they go to bed and have some fairly explicit sex. And they're discussing the situation they're in the whole time. It's really comical. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's very graphic. I will, we want to make clear this is uh, not suggestive mainstream sex. This is very graphic stuff. Uh, yeah. Omaha admits that she's turned on having sex in Joanne's bed. And, uh, you know, Chris, you think you've seen it all, then you see close-up sex between anthropomorphic characters and wonder, which is the tale? Next page! All right, so that evening, Chuck, Omaha, and Joanne are leaving a restaurant, and Chuck and Omaha are wearing some smart new duds. Yeah, Chuck goes, does everyone in town eat like this? No wonder you have two pickles and a bottle of soy sauce in your fridge. And our clothes were so cheap! This would have cost me a fortune back home. And Joanne goes, see what you can do with Native Guide? And cash. The trio head out to see an unnamed movie and hit a couple of bars and wind up back at Joanne's pad feeling quite drunk. 
My friends, I have some very good brandy that would help us discuss your situation. I just bet it would. <gasps> you know, this deal of jinxes might be perfectly legitimate. You're kidding. <gasps> no, I know Duroc, remember? And he's a sort who's willing to go to a lot of trouble and expense just to keep an eye on you. True. Remember how we got Chuck hired back at his agency? Why else would he do that? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, we remember that, sure. Do we? Uh, oh, of course we do. <laughs> that uh, must have been the uh, Hostess Twink Twonkies uh, yeah, that was, that tie-in, was, uh, right? Yeah, dope, dope drug comics, uh, number three. <laughs> uh, Omaha says, yeah, but I don't want his eye on me. No, but what else can he do anyway? At least you get a chance to dance again. And you just gotta keep dancing. I do. Wait, you didn't let her finish. You gotta keep dancing and making some other sleazebag oodles of cash. Oh, that is how it works. That's true. Yes. And now Joanne lays it on really thick right here. You do realize, don't you, that you are the most beautiful broad who ever breathed? And Chuck goes, I think so. I've watched the guys when you danced. Most of the... <laughs> Let me start that one again. <clears throat> I've watched the guys when you've danced Most of them cream their pants in the first 10 seconds And for the rest of the night They just sit there and gaze Like you were the blue fairy Sometimes they even cry But but that's not what I want at all I want everyone to jump And shout and have a good time Like me Honey, when you jump and shout People are having plenty good time You know what I'm saying <laughs> uh, Those special people uh, <laughs> Joanne follows that with, Look, I know about these guys. All they got at home is noise and pressure and a never-ending stream of criticism from some bad-tempered bitch they knocked up when they were in high school. And Chuck goes, I don't know. I think you're, you're being unfair to women you don't even know. Hey, we don't even know what you're, the heck you're talking about, so don't worry about our opinion. Who, what, where, when, and how? <laughs> Joanne goes, You think? <laughs> That's weird. Chuck goes, I, I think I'm using the same voice for Joanne and Chuck no, at this they're point. A little, the <clears throat> registers are different. The registers, you're doing all right. Okay. <laughs> no, really. I mean, you see these guys for just a while, okay? So how do you know what it's like to live with them? They could be beating their wives, bossing them around, cuffing the kids, never taking them anywhere, and then paying you with the grocery money and giving you a line of spit about being neglected. Oh, let me try one. Or they could be a secret agent from NASA collecting women in order to repopulate Mars. <laughs> Could be anything. <laughs> Could be any damn thing. <laughs> but I guess you know otherwise, being such a great judge of character. You really hate your father, don't you? Joanne! I'm sorry. If I was part of this conversation in real life, I would have walked away five minutes ago. I really... And nobody would have noticed. Nobody, they would have kept going, yeah. <laughs> One person would have talked to themselves. So uh, Chuck passes out on the couch and Omaha pulls a blanket around him and kisses him goodnight on his forehead. Joanne goes, I never could have given him what you <laughs> I never could have given him what you do. Maybe I just don't have it. I don't know. And maybe you kept bringing up his relationship with his father. Maybe that had something to do with that, it, Joanne. How yeah, about that, that might do it. Yeah. Uh, with Chuck knocked out cold, Omaha and Joanne hang out a while and basically reiterate the same stuff we just read pages and pages of. Then Omaha and Joanne get drunker and then they get naked and guess what? Then they start doing each other. Uh-huh. <laughs> Chuck gets up, and Omaha worries that he'll be mad, but Joanne convinces him to join the party. Uh, I'm going to send this into penthouse letters, I think. It seems like yeah. a, a, a situation I, I had just myself. Right? <laughs> With Omaha's <laughs> blessing, Chuck hops in and boinks Joanne. Folks, 
this goes on for like five or six pages. We're not yes. kidding. And and at this oh. point, the dialogue does kind of end. It's all mm, Oz grunts, and, you know. Uh, yeah. But it's, things it's, we won't bore you with. There's no, no we won't bore you or embarrass ourselves <laughs> doing. But it, it is five or six graphic pages of anthropomorphic animal sex. Yes. Uh, the three of them engage in a threesome. Well, they, they have the right number of people for it. That's true. Uh, we want to be descriptive, but we don't want to be too graphic. So let's just say Chuck and Omaha are the suspension cables, and Joanne is the bridge. Is that, is that enough to say that? That does it. That paints uh, a picture. Basically, what's going on. So later, Omaha is knocked out, but Chuck and Joanne are still awake, and Joanne is raring to go. Yeah, Chuck asks, Omaha. And Joanne goes, Just me and you, honey lamb. Just want to see if she's okay. She's fine. She's fine. And Joanne uses her legs to pull Chuck towards her, and somehow this hurts him. Hey, ow! Just trying to get back your attention, sweetheart. Whoa, that did it. <laughs> and they screw frantically. And I'd like to yeah, give Chris the podcast Emmy of the year for playing <laughs> two characters that had sex with each other uh, <laughs> himself. Just uh, <laughs> batting a voice back and forth. So now Chuck uh, is also spent and passed out on the floor. And Joanne is awake standing over both him and Omaha. That is some good brandy, Joanne. Poor little beauty. You sure gonna hate me in the morning. Joanne relaxes on the couch. I've been sitting on you guys deliberately. Why? You got no way to go anyway. And then Joanne hears a noise at the sliding door. What the hell's that? Goddamn veranda doors come open again. I told the super to take care of that. She gets up to close the sliding door. I gotta move out of here. And then a hand grabs Joanne and pulls her outside. It's Al, and he's been out there for a while. Okay, sister, be real quiet. What are you doing here? Why, I just came to warn you, but then I stayed to watch the show. But you've been, you sick scuzzball. You never could do anything but watch. Now, now, Miss Follett, it's bad business to ridicule other people's recreational preferences. You know, like some people collect model trains and other people <laughs> spy on couples having sex. It's a hobby, really. Yeah, one of the others. But... <laughs> Let's just hear that warning. You don't know who those two are. They're dangerous psychopaths. Shot a hooker to death in Mipple City, right on the street. What? You sick spits. You can't frame them for poor Shelley's. And now Al is looking positively predatory. He's really mm -hmm. hunting a wolfish and slips beyond Joanne as he talks to her. Then, on a drunken spree, they chased a man down of their car and ran him off a cliff. Fuck! You you tell Dorak he can just... Eh. And Al grabs Joanne in a chokehold and moves toward the balcony railing. Fleeing to San Francisco, they broke into the apartment of a local call girl. They helped themselves to her liquor, and when she came home, they helped themselves to her. She managed to crawl out onto the veranda to call for help. The killers, made reckless by liquor after sex, came after her. There was a struggle. And Al tosses Joanne over the railing of her balcony. She was thrown from the building to the street below. <laughs> but Joanne grabs onto the edge before going over, and she's hanging on by the fingers of her right hand. Yes, Joanne tries to pull herself up, but Al is there, stomping on that hand. And still narrating this fictional yes. story. I love that about <laughs> The two killers, sobered by their struggle, became suddenly contrite, horrified by all of their actions. Joanne still hangs from the balcony by just her right hand. They threw themselves out the window after their wretched victim. 
It was soon revealed. Oh! Omaha appears from the rear and bashes Al in the head with a wine bottle. I wanted to hear the end of that story, though. I mean, really, it's it might have been the only story we had to find the finale to for this. Gripping, I gotta say. Yeah. <laughs> Joanne goes, just grab my arm and, and pull hard. Oh, Jesus. Omaha pulls Joanne to safety and they embrace in relief. Omaha identifies the perpetrator as Al, but Joanne knows better. That's Buck O'Dean. He's one of the Rock's little friends. You know him? I know them all. I guess Duroc's decided I know too much. And so do you. Well, Duroc doesn't have to worry about us. We have no idea what's going on here. No. So we're not gonna give, we won't give anything up, we promise. <laughs> Even if we wanted to. <laughs> no. While Omaha and Joanne decide what to do with Al or, or Buck O'Dean, he wakes up and runs away. Gotta go now. Be back later. <laughs> He's so polite. <laughs> he literally, literally <laughs> walks out the door and says that. He's getting away. Yeah. Why is he running? He's as big as both of us. Not without his gun. He has a problem that way. Criminals truly are a cowardly and superstitious lot, apparently. <laughs> we can't catch him. We have to get dressed. Find our car. Oh, yeah, it might be worth mentioning. Uh, everything that's happened since the second bottle of brandy happened while Omaha and Joanne are... Completely nude. Uh, totally nude, yeah, everything. Yes. Yeah. Now, uh, Joanne and Omaha sit on the couch, and they look at Chuck, and uh, well, he's naked, too, still sleeping on the floor. Things have changed. Yeah? They can't get back in, can they? Not as long as we're here. The double bolt. For now, we might as well go to bed. What about Chuck? Let him get his own girl. And that is to be continued. Probably not on this show. I don't no, think. No. Well, you know, unless unless you guys really want to hear more <laughs> adventures of Old Mama Cat Dancer, and we and we will do them if you really want to hear them. But this, For sure. this was not what I would call a well written comic, and it was, <laughs> you know, the the sex turned out not even to be the uh, most offensive part of it. It was it's true. Just sort of the dialogue. <laughs> which oh, really, what was up with the like? I feel like the conversations. They were out of order. Like like panels got they shuffled. Had, they had to be. They How did that happen? Be. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know because like the, the conversations sometimes were going in reverse. It's yeah. It, it'd be like one of these things where like you, you know you came home, you asked your wife you know if she wants hamburgers for dinner, and then ten minutes later you ask her how she wants them done, and it's like wait, wait what is going on here? <laughs> So uh, that is that for that issue. Um, and, uh, you know, it's possible that if we read those collected, uh, the, the original stories, the chapters hmm. that were in the other ones, maybe we would have been clearer on this. But I don't know if that's true. However, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, as, as, as we'll find out, it, apparently the uh, writing did change after this issue. So there might, yes. it might get better. So uh, in the 1970s, Illinois native Kate Worley met Reed Waller through mutual friends. They moved together in together into a Minneapolis apartment, and Kate and Reed became fixtures in that Minneapolis music and science fiction scenes, as Reed was talking about with that uh, thing with the Shakers. Yeah. Uh, Reed Waller developed writer's block after the second issue. Uh, Kate Worley wrote The Adventures of Omaha. In 1988, Friendly Franks, a comic book store in suburban Chicago. So that's, anyway, so that's... Kate Worley wrote it after this. Most people equate yeah. her with being the author of Omaha. Mm -hmm. So maybe it gets great when she steps in, but Reed had a real problem with uh, dialogue. Yeah, he, it's like he wanted, he, the sex scenes were, were the, were the whole thing. It's, it's, and, and it's, it, by what we, I read, when we read about it, he came into that recalcitrant, recalcitrantly, reluctantly, first, yeah. 
But uh, he sure had no problem drawing it, folks. I got to tell you, for, <laughs> for pages and pages. Pages. Anyway, so in 1988, Friendly Frank's, a comic book store in suburban Chicago, was fined $750 for selling obscene material, which included Omaha the Cat Dancer. As a result of this controversy, the comic book legal defense fund was formed. So there you go. Hmm. The roots of that are in Omaha the Cat Dance, who'd have thunk it, or at least partially. Uh, now, in August 1988, Waller and Worley were in a very bad car accident, and this slowed down the book's release schedule. In 1990, issues of Omaha the Cat Dancer were seized by New Zealand authorities on obscenity allegations. Uh, the country's obscene publications tribunal would declare that the series was not indecent. Uh, that same year, Toronto police seized issues of the comic on charges of bestiality. And these were soon proven unfounded. Technically, I guess, right? But I yeah, mean, it's not. It's the yeah, same I, species. It is. Uh, sure, I love. I mean, you're not going to lock up a, a dog breeder for that, right? We'll 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 leave that there. But there's definitely you know <laughs> definitely a, a gray area. Like a good lawyer could uh, argue this one for sure. Uh, in 1991, Waller was diagnosed with colon cancer, putting a pin in the series for a while. Two issues of Images of Omaha were published in 1992 to pay for Waller's medical expenses, featuring art and writing by several major comic creators, including Rich Larson and Steve Fassner, Stan Sakai, Steve Rude, William Messner Loeb's, Jim Valentino, Neil Gaiman, Will Eisner, Dave Sim, and Steve Gerhardt, Stephen Bruce, Alan Moore, Frank Miller, Rick Veach, Bob Burden, and Olivia. So that's a lot of folks rooting for Reed Waller, let me tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Of a comic that most people haven't even heard of. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's obviously, <laughs> if you're if you're in the biz, if you know, now you know. So there it is. There it is. Now, Kitchen Sink published 21 issues of Omaha between 1986 and 1994. That includes reprints of the first two Steel Dragon issues and the two Images of Omaha books, also a number zero issue in 1994, which collected the earliest strips from various underground comic sources. Fanagraphics books would later relaunch the series, but it only lasted four issues, and uh, the last one was published in 1995. In 1994, Kate Worley married comic book writer Jim Vance. In 1995, Kate and Reed Waller parted ways acrimoniously, promising never to see each other again, much less complete the Omaha the Cat Dancer storyline. But in early 2002, Waller and Worley would bury the hatchet, and they were soon collaborating to finish the storyline. There's, and there's clearly a lot more to that, but yeah, we can only, you know we can work with what we get, and I, I I'm not surprised they don't want to keep maybe their most personal details out of the uh, online. Public, yeah. But <laughs> I was like, it's like she married, she got married, and suddenly the next year yeah, they they, they split up. Something something happened there, but all right. <laughs> uh, but Kate Worley's death from lung cancer on June 6, 2004, interrupted their work to finish Omaha, of course. Her widower Jim Vance took her place and scripted the series until its end using her notes. And they finished it in the pages of Sizzle magazine, which I had never heard of before this, but it is out there finished. Omaha the Cat Dancer was nominated for Eisner Awards for Best Continuing Series, Best Black and White Series, and Best Writer Artist in 1989, and Best Black and White Series and Best Writer in 1991. It must have gotten better. I, it, it must have. I mean, I don't, I don't want to malign this, this book too much because it is... <laughs> 
you know what I mean? It is what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's, I'm, sure. not, I'm not trying to, that's such a trite thing to say, but it's like, it's like, this is the worst example of anthropomorphic cats having <laughs> sex I've ever seen. You know, I mean, how many times? This is kind of its, it's own, also the best. It's, it's exactly. It's sort of its own lion, its own animal. So, uh, I, you know, I don't, you can't really like heap too much on it, but it really did have problems. It really was not great, uh, a great book, I thought. But, um, have I read worse? Oh yeah, I think oh, I, re- I think yeah. I read worse even this probably week probably today. Yeah. yeah, so uh, <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't put too much into it. Um, if you there actually is good news. I'm, I'm going to skip ahead to let them know that if you want to find out all about the book and you can read it just like we did on uh, readcomiconline.com. It's right there, so uh, you can read it for yourself and. Mm-hmm. Decide what you think of it. Uh, if you want to write to us, of course, you can write to us at weirdcomicshistory at gmail.com. And also, we want to say that uh, Reed Waller's website is out there still, and he still does update it, although it hasn't been too recent, but it was this year at mm-hmm. uh, reedwalleromaha.com. You can also check out denniskitchenpublishing.com. He's uh, the fellow behind Kitchen Sink Publishing, or Kitchen Sink Comics, uh, obviously. (laughs) You can find stuff there. Uh, We definitely want to thank our patrons once again for uh, letting us put this kind of show out there. Uh, This is uh, some interesting stuff, stuff that we wouldn't be able to get away with on our normal Sunday morning outing, I don't think. We've name-checked Omaha since the very beginning as kind of an example of, you know, porno comics. And uh, that and Cherry Popdown have been the two things, so now we've... We've done those two. The tentpole episodes the te- are done. The tentpole, no pun intended, <laughs> episodes of, of uh, the dirty comics. So now we can get into other comics that are probably even more wrong. We'll find probably. out. <laughs> but uh, I think that's all we got from this time. Chris, got anything else for him? No, that'll do it. Well, until next time, folks, I want you to keep it on the treadmill anthropomorphically. See ya. I went to the animal fair. The birds and the beasts were there. The big baboon by the light of the moon was combing his auburn hair. You should have seen the monkey.